So, man, check this out, man. Uh, I don't know if it was necessarily just our episode from last week. You know, they solicited us. Here we go. Specifically for Elgin because of that damn booty pillow. Uh, But it seems like now folks want us to pander and solicit their sex toys. I literally had folks send us all sorts of if. I I'm, I want to share my screen. No, we know you're ugly. You can keep that, bro. We good. Nigga, when I see you in your street, you want to be some serious fights, my guy. Hey, I don't let light skinned people in my house now as it is and shit. You know I'm talking about that. This is how I'm starting. I swear to God. This is already it. But no, no, all seriousness. Now we've been getting solicited from a whole bunch of different people. Every type of different thing that you can think of. And I don't know if it's necessarily because of the booty pillow from the other kind of business. Who are you going to solicit right now? Yeah, what are you subscribing to? What? what? Where's the, where's <laughs> what's the, what's the, the target demo, demo here? What are you Listen, we, we do not have a show. We, your way, bro. we do not have a show only fans page. You're the only person that be pushing your only fans page. So <laughs> like, jealousy, jealousy, jealousy. It's not. It's not jealousy. It's it's Over here on that over here on that bullshit. I'm trying to tell you. And all jokes, all jokes aside, I really think that last week's show, and I think the fact that we had maybe a couple weeks back or whatever, a few, few shows back, that we were talking about uh, the uh, what's it called, the porn box. If you remember that, like you get an assortment of toys sent to your house, like monthly or whatever, you and your partner try it out. So on, so what? Because, no, remember when we <laughs> had. Remember yeah. we had old we, we had old on the show, yeah. And the, in this email, they re- referred to that episode. So I was like, "Hold up, what the fuck?" They didn't Are refer you to the episode. Are you talking about the white girl masturbating behind the dumpster? They they didn't refer to that. <laughs> <laughs> they, they left that one out. Your girl, nah, they, your girl they, Sarah, down in nah, Florida. They, didn't, they weren't talking about that episode. <laughs> they weren't talking about that episode. Not this time around, motherfucker. <laughs> Anyway, man, yes, welcome, 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 what's up, what's up, what is up, back once again, it is the Incredible in the Black Podcast, and in case you weren't aware, this is a podcast dedicated to covering the current events and social issues going on in your black world and covering it all from the perspective of three grown-ass men who know not to mess around with the stock market, not these days anyway. (laughs) I am your host, Big O, Mr. In the Black himself. But you know I can never do this alone. Let me introduce the rest of the super friends. Crush, say what's up. What's good, everybody? No doubt. Light skin wonder, say what's up. <laughs> Yo, what's good, family? How y'all? <laughs> and tonight we are joined by some special guests. My bro, Tunde, say what's up, man. What's up, y'all? And the homeboy, John. Two of the hosts from the Summer 16 podcast, fellas, man, yeah. please. Round thank of you applause. Yes, really yes, thank, 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 thank you for having us. Thanks for having us, fellas. Appreciate y'all, man. Appreciate y'all. 
thank you. No, no doubt, no doubt. Now, if you're checking this out on YouTube, please make sure you hit that thumbs up button. It goes mm. a long way. Matter of fact, you can hit that thumbs down button. We don't give a shit. We'll be back next week. But Whoa. make sure you subscribe <laughs> if you don't miss out on the next. I'm the bad guy. Elgin, Elgin, Elgin. Should I go? Should I go ahead and say it for you, man? And make please, sure bro. y'all get on that cash app. Man, okay, tell you know oh. because. Tell him, bro. You know, I don't want you to have to say it this time, G. You know what I'm saying? Like, tell them, man. I'm tired of saying that shit, man. Just make sure y'all get on the cash app, man. Don't be funny with the money. Support my business, baby. Before we get into the meat and potatoes of the show, please, Elgin, as normal, if you can please tell the good folks where they can find us if they'd like to find us. What's good, family? Hey, go ahead over to the website, man. www.intheblackpodcast. In the right-hand corner, click the Become Family tab, man. And on that tab, there's a variety of things that you can do. You can do all types of slick shit. You can get swag. You can donate money. You can donate more money. And then there's another option for you to donate more money. So there's tons of options there for you to donate money. Uh, remember the cash app? I can't forget the cash app. Dollar sign in the black PDCST or dollar sign Elgin Bailey. Either one nah, of those. Nah, uh, stop that light skin madness. Like, but, we, we, but, 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 but can they do any money? Yeah, yeah, I take EBT, uh, Bitcoin, whatever you got these days. Uh, GameStop game stock. We do GameStop game stock. stock. <laughs> AMC stock. Y'all not getting into that shit anyway. They stopped oh, everybody man, from buying yeah. that shit unless you part of it. They straight blocked that shit so fast. Oh man, I'm not going to lie to you. The white boys got so hot. Listen, I was already part of I had positions <laughs> in like all of those plays and I I ate a little bit off of a couple of them, but then all of a sudden, uh, it just it just went down there. It just went downhill from there, my guy. I just don't. It really just blew my mind how quickly these folks swept in. And I already knew it was going to be some trouble when you yeah. saw CNBC on a daily basis talking about how bad th- this Reddit group was. So I was like, okay, yeah, some shit's about to pop off. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. We're going to jump into the meat and potatoes of the show tonight. Our black box letter actually mm. is comments that we've been getting about the latest Amazon wonder one night in Miami. And I know that most of you, if not all of you have seen it. Um, it is the story of one night in Miami against the four iconic uh, black civil rights leaders, Malcolm X, uh, Cassius Clay before he became Muhammad Ali, Jim Brown, and Sam Cooke, and the conversations that they have in this one room as they debate their positions in life and in the in the movement and in the struggle. Now, all of you have seen it, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, we've seen yeah. that, sure. Yep, sorry. I have. Okay. Oh, okay. So, because we'll, we'll, we'll save Phil for last, so who wants to go? Well, I'll let Elgin go first, because you know you can't stop light-skinned people from doing shit. Go ahead and just tell us your thoughts initially on uh-huh. what you thought of the film and so forth. Go ahead. Oh, man. First off, let's be clear. This is a fictional story. Uh, Very true. There's no, there's no, some of the events that took place are true, but most of these things are from the imagination of the the great Regina King, uh, who did a fantastic job. Round of applause for Regina King on this film. Uh, but, take, a, take a step back. It's um, it's actually based on a 2013 play 
created fictional. by fictional. Create, created by Kemp Powers. So it's, it, comes, it comes from his brainchild. Just want to sure. make sure we're clear about that. Yeah, but go yeah. ahead. Uh, man, I just watched it. Uh, the, I finished it today. I started watching it this weekend. But I wanted to wait till some of the hype died down because man when folks first watched it folks was going bananas on this joint with how great it was and revolutionary and radical and all that and i tend to try to be careful when the hype machine is rolling that i don't get caught up in it and i watched it uh i thought it was okay uh i took some issues with some of the things in the film but i made sure that i didn't go let my emotions get too far because it is a fictional film. Fictional things, film, yeah. yeah. things that I took issue with. I thought it was a heavy emphasis on uh, expressing negativity towards the NOI, uh, the Nation of Islam. Hmm. I really? thought the Nation of Islam, in many instances, was almost like the villain of the film, if there was a villain. Uh, I thought the way that... I didn't like any of the portrayals, by be honest with you. That's just me. Really? I didn't like any of the portrayals. Matter of fact, let me take that back. The only portrayal that I like was Leslie Odom, Sam Cooke. I thought he did a fantastic job singing Sam Cooke's songs. Uh, I didn't think the dude that did Malcolm, I thought he was... I didn't think he was good as Malcolm. And Damn, I didn't, my I didn't, God. I didn't but you know what? You're, like, coming, you're coming from like a Malcolm X historian's point of view because I know how heavy you are into Malcolm yeah, I don't yeah. know if anybody can really uphold that level of oomph yeah. but, but, but go ahead but I, I, what I did want more of I wanted more of the exchanges that Malcolm was having with Sam Cooke to be had more across the board with everybody having those exchanges I didn't want Malcolm just to be the centerpiece of that I wanted to see Jim Brown talk about that particular movie that he was making mm -hmm. that was incredibly significant that if many people don't know historically that's when he was in the film with the old girl the, the white mm -hmm. chick um, Rickwell Welch he mm -hmm. was in the movie and was a big to do with that I wanted yeah. to see more because she was his love interest let's, let's love be very real because he was the love interest yeah. I wanted to see more of the build up from the other characters. Now, I won't say it was a bad movie. Uh, I thought it was enjoyable, but I'm to the point where I tend not to want to watch black movies as much as I used to because I tend to look at it one way and get disappointed and then try to hold people to a standard that is not really fair. So I just got to be careful. So I don't want to be too harsh with it. It was okay. Uh, I think people should see it. I think it was some great dialogues. But the one thing that I thought was fantastic was the relationship dynamic that they showed between Malcolm X and Cassius Clay. Yeah. That probably has the most truth to it. It's a phenomenal book out. Uh, and I think it's called Malcolm and Martin. I mean, Malcolm and Muhammad, and is talking about their relationship, how it started, how it began, and how it ultimately broke up. That yeah. one scene in the movie where Muhammad Ali is accepting his name as Muhammad Ali, and he looks over and he sees Elijah Muhammad, but it's an empty chair there. Mm -hmm. That empty chair is the chair that Mark Malcolm Mark. X perfectly yep. sat in. So yeah. that was really significant. Yeah. But overall, I, I don't think it was bad. I think it was enjoyable. I just, you know. I want it more. Okay, I'll take it with a grain of salt because you're becoming a curmudgeon anyway. Tunde, go ahead. <laughs> uh, give, me, give me your thoughts. 
Uh, I won't be as harsh on the movie. I'll do it, brother. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> He's got enough. I liked, I liked it. Um, I'm not gonna say it's the greatest movie ever, but I I definitely enjoy the movie. Uh, I really the part that kind of stood out to me at the very beginning of the movie was the part where Jim Brown was talking. He went back home. He was talking to that that white man, yeah. and he was like, "Oh, you know, anything you need." I mean, if you haven't seen it, sorry, spoiler alert. But um, <laughs> yeah, anything, yeah. Like, anything you need, blah blah. blah. I'll help you. I'll help your family. And then he's like, "Oh, you moving first? I can come help you." He's like, "Nah, we, you know we don't allow niggas in the house." And yeah. Like, Damn. Yep. yep. So like, I enjoy the reason why I enjoy the movie is because, um, it, it portrayed you know like I said in the movie four uh, famous. I'm not gonna say they are rich because uh, Malcolm X wasn't rich, but no four rich. famous prominent black men and. We get a lot of movies, you know, from from the from the fifties, from the sixties, of just black struggle, and it, and I think this was showing like the other end, uh, famous people, even people that are alive today, because you know Jim Brown is still, you know, alive today. I, I don't really particularly agree with you know his stances yeah. today. You're a little but, different these days. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But that's another conversation we'll, we'll build on as we talk oh, about this. exactly. Okay. But yeah, overall, I I enjoyed it. Um, I think the of the conversations I enjoyed the most was between Sam Cooke and um, Malcolm X because it mm. showed like, mm. both sides of of how people can like try to like I guess fight back or gain a foothold to, towards equality. John, what about you, man? Yeah, man. So I had a, I had a lot of thoughts. Um, you know, some of it, you know, I kind of agree with you, Elgin Tunde. Of course, I'm going to disagree with some of the stuff that you said, but uh, that's just kind of how we get down on the Summer 16 podcast. But, uh, you know, truth of the matter is, truth of the matter is, you know, uh, the first thing that stood out, you know, just shout out to Regina King, as you already alluded to, right? You know, when this first premiered at the Venice Film Festival, right, that was the first time they had an African-American female director doing that. So um, I think one of the things that just in light of everything going on nowadays is, the fact that we are what currently in 2021 and we keep saying the first African-American something to do something. I'm kind of tired of that. I kind of get tired of it because, you know, we've been great. Y'all just late. You feel me? So mm. uh, and, and so, you know, as it pertains to the movie, you know, I really appreciated kind of like. I'll say like the nuance, right, of how you have four, you know, very prominent black men and very different like spheres, right? Whether it's entertainment, you know, football at the time, boxing, uh, and then, you know, Malcolm X's being a very public figure and kind of how they have all adapted to navigate their space. Mm -hmm. uh, but then how their perception of other black men in those spaces, you know, is more indicative of their own environment, right? So, uh, you know, obviously Malcolm X was the most critical of everyone else kind of thing. And, you know, the, the conflict was how, uh, Cassius Clay might have felt like he was using him to promote whatever he was trying to do. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, I appreciated kind of watching that whole scenario, even though it's fictional. I think that it's a similar thing that, you know, us as black men too, right? Like I'm in the tech space, you know, whereas, you know, Tunde is in education and all of you guys have your professions. How I perceive myself as a black man and my responsibility might be different from yours, but we all want the same thing at the end of the day. Um, but those conversations get heated because we're talking about our lives. You feel me? Like we're talking about things that are really important to us. So 
I appreciated the movie. I thought the, you know, the acting was solid. You know, I, you know, it was cool seeing like a young Cassius Clay, you know, dealing with Malcolm X. But, you know, overall, I, I, I like the movie, man. And, you know, I think we got a lot more to dig into. But I think for starters, that's where I'm at with it. All right, come on, oh, Fencer. Nah, man, all jokes aside, I thought it was really a fascinating film. Uh, fascinating for the perspective, not just because of the way the movie was done, because it wasn't like a large set piece movie, right? It was a movie that was predominantly done in one room and it was just talking. It wasn't like explosions, it wasn't running around, it wasn't all this extra shit that we typically get in these movies that we've been seeing now during the pandemic, right? You want to have, you've been seeing this trend of these poppy, flashy movies to try and get people to sit in their seats at home and watch these movies. And this was just a very heavy dialogue driven movie which i really appreciated um i once again like i said i thought it was extremely fascinating from the perspective that this was fictional we know that they all met up in miami but we don't know if they all met up the way that this happened in miami and apparently kemp powers did like extensive research to find out whether or not they talked to each other like how all of this went down but nobody was anybody that was aware of that night wasn't spilling the beans and apparently Jim Brown, the last surviving member of this quartet that happened that night, he's not saying anything either. So for him to have to go put the pieces together and try to put pieces together and then give it his own spin, I really appreciate it because it became very compelling. Like John and like Tunde said, the conversation between Sam Cooke and Malcolm X, I thought was very powerful. Seeing both ends of the spectrum and how that works and what how you can be fighting the same fight, but fighting it from different ends. Also, the one thing that I did feel a little bit off about was the relationship between Muhammad and Malcolm. Only because the timeline didn't really seem to meet up. And when I say the timeline didn't really seem to meet up, I think that Muhammad and Malcolm met years before he finally ended up taking his name. And then it was ultimately several years, well, yeah, years before he ultimately started taking his name. And by that time, they had already fallen apart in some degree because Malcolm was leaving the Nation of Islam. Mm-hmm. I thought that that was because the way they made it seem during the movie was as like though... Like a sudden thing, like it was happening yeah. right then. Yeah, yeah. not just yeah. even that it was a steady thing, but also that, if I recall correctly, correct me if I'm wrong, but as I recall, it seems as though he was like, well, you know, when you leave, I'm going to roll with that's yeah. the way that, that's the perception I got. And I was like, oh, that's not that's not hysterically yeah. accurate at all. Like that's not, that's accurate, not no. like even to this day, I think Muhammad Ali he wrote his mem when he wrote his memoir, he was like one of the biggest regrets he had in his life was, was the nice. rift that he had. Mm-hmm. He said what well, yeah, it was the rift that he had between him and Malcolm and not being able to properly mend that specifically before Malcolm ended up getting assassinated. So mm-hmm. incredible film, dialogue was incredible. One of the things that I thought that was the most fascinating about this whole film was not about the film necessarily, but Regina King, after this thing hit the screams and people blew it up, they talked about the process, casting, directing, especially given that this is her debut, directorial debut, and how they had marquee names on the docket to play these roles. And they were like, yeah, we're interested. We want to play the role. I want to play Malcolm. I want to play Muhammad. I want to play this, that, and the other. But she's like, okay, well, come down to such and such and audition for each part. And they're like, nah, I'm I'm big time. I don't audition for anything. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason why she picked the dudes that she picked primarily because 
The other guys was like, no, nah, I'm not coming down to auditions. Like, if you don't even want to audition for the role, then you must not really want the role. But is that typical, that was, though? Is that typical of Hollywood? Where people yeah, that's, a, that's Hollywood. Yeah. Hollywood. You, I don't think that's the case, though. I don't know yeah, if that's necessarily think, the case, man. I don't think that's stories all the time about big-time coaches going down. Go ahead. Hold on. I don't think that's indicative of Regina King. I think that's the way many people are attempting to take it. That if she was slighted, that she was slighted because she was a black woman, that people weren't respecting her. I think that's the way people were implying it and taking it, that they were slighting her because of that. But I just believe that that's just the way Hollywood, if you are a certain level of star, you don't audition per se. Somebody sends you a script and a role that you want to be in and you have a stack on your desk and you pick and choose which one you want to be in. I don't know how much of auditioning you actually do when you get to a certain level. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like Tom Hanks or Desert Washington actually coming down to an office and say, let me read this script in front of you. They're like, nah. Yeah, like, what the fuck you mean? I'm Denzel. What the fuck you mean? Right? I was thinking of Denzel. I don't think that no one will ever play Malcolm as good as, as he did. I can't. That's I mean, standard. come on now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I th- you know, I didn't actually know the story you was uh, talking about, but I think I think it was actually more effective that they didn't have the big names kind of headline in this whole movie because then you're really kind of allowing them to be the characters and you're kind of more in that fictional world uh, yeah. so to say right yeah. you know have a certain level of realism by yeah. having no name actors I yeah think yeah I and i, 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 I kind of appreciated that low-key yeah. you know yeah. so it, i yeah. think it kind of worked in their favor I wanted more from Jim Brown, though. I really wanted more from Jim Brown because Jim Brown, they they portrayed Jim Brown in the play and in the film as the level-headed, calm, cool one. But historically, Jim Brown is not a level-headed, cool, calm dude. When he told Brother Kareem (laughs) up on the roof, like, bruh, step back or I'm going to give you this smoke. Mm. (laughs) You don't want nothing. That was Jim Brown, 99% of his life. Uh, I just thought it was fascinating, man. I, I thought it was interesting. Do you think part of that, though, was also just the dynamic of the characters in that room, though? Because as much of a personality as Jim Brown is, right, when you got, like, Cassius Clay and Malcolm yeah. X, and say, like, you're kind of like, well, you know, y'all got this one. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I'm a giant, but y'all, y'all are also... You know, and plus he had some things in the in the closet that he didn't want to come out, so he was trying to keep away from that smoke that Malcolm was giving Sam Cook. Like, yeah, he didn't want them to know about that movie role Lo- because Lo- the movie King. role came out. Yeah, that could have been. I mean, I think you said it right there, right? Like, you know, with the historical context of the movie, and even when he was talking to to Cassius Clay about, it, he was like, "Man, don't tell nobody. Don't tell nobody. Yeah, don't yeah. tell nobody about this little movie with this little white joint." I mean, but he, but he, they're playing the movie. He told Malcolm straight up, like, listen, I can't. I, I like my grandma's uh, pork chops, and, and I like white women. women. I like white women. So but, yeah, that wasn't a secret. That wasn't a secret. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't a secret. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I wish I could have gotten more from Jim Brown, but I was really kind of thrown. I was thrown aback, right? And I was only thrown aback because you know historically what Jim Brown was, and then you have this debate or this battle about the Jim Brown that he has become. You see what I'm saying? Like, it's hard to balance this Jim Brown techno-nonsense civil rights icon versus 
quote unquote this womanizing slash whatever whatever you want to call it. like all of these things and of course the most recently when you see all the stuff that he's been doing with uh that he was doing with donald trump and how he was pandering with donald trump so it was hard for me to make that balance which kind of left me kind of left me wanting more right wanting more to say okay well if you're going to tell this historical if you're going to tell this story of a story of such historical uh importance you should have given him more he just seemed like he was just a a cog to move other people's conversations along not necessarily him being a piece of the larger picture now i'm going to back up and ask you guys if you could have let's say we wanted to set our own one night in miami it can be whoever you want dead or alive four gentlemen that you wish were in a room having these type of conversations who would they be can we we can't look are we going to put out there that you can't have anybody who is actually already in this movie is that a stipulation here no 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 no. like i said whoever dead or alive handle your business Oh wait! Oh wait! Oh, I'll wait. tell you what, my, my it's, top it's four: it's it's Malcolm, Martin, Booker, and W. E. B. Du Bois. Those four right there, all in the same room one night. Repeat that one: Malcolm, mm-hmm. Martin, Booker T. Washington, and W. E. B. Du Bois, all in the same room one night. Hmm. That's a very, very interesting lineup. <laughs> All Tune those day, different defense. I know, I know you want to hate on one of my picks, but oh, one of my folks. You gonna pick somebody one? You gonna pick somebody one? Nah, nah. You like the clears? This, 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 okay. this is okay. This and Teddy Roosevelt. JFK. John, that's what we're doing? That's what we're doing? No, no, really? Look, I'm, I'm a guest. Let me not. Okay. Yes, yes. <laughs> I want to you, you are a guest. Stay in a guest uh, uh, right, What do you got? What do you got? Um, so I'm trying to keep it even because I know in the movie it was sports. it was sports, Music. entertainment, um, civil rights act- activist. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go. I'm going to keep Malcolm. I want to pick uh, Stokely Carmichael or Kwame mm. Torres. Yeah, yeah, you, you, you Trent Horror hit me up. He's probably my favorite like civil rights activist. Um, I, I need somebody equivalent to Sam Cooke, right? That's in the movie, Jordan. Yeah, I put Jordan. You put Jordan? Michael, yeah. Michael Jordan. Wow, wow. Man, wow. I ain't gonna, hey, listen, Tunde, I was thinking the same thing, bro. Yeah. That's, 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 that's bananas, I like that. I, I want like the contrast, right? Like, yeah. I like that. Uh, too. And then Michael just shaking his head, like, uh huh. That's you, you lost, that, brother. You lost. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, um, damn, that's a good one. That's a good one. And I think for my fourth one, I want to do another entertainer. Um, shit, I'll do Denzel. Mm. Hmm. That's good. That's a good room. Yeah, that is a good room. That is a good room. Mm. Okay. John, you got, some, you got some heavy lifting to do, okay. my guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So, okay, so I was going to put Jordan in mind, but I think I'm going to pivot real quick because I think that was real good. I think that was real good. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Uh, Booker T. 
Washington. I'm going to go Malcolm X. Okay. Then I'm going to do, I'm going to do like a, like a Sydney Poitier. And then, and then I'm going to come all the way left field and I'm going to say LeBron James. Okay. That's a good And I'm going to say that because I think you got an athlete in this generation where, you know, being able to be vocal is something that is more, more, more acceptable, right? It's more palatable. And then there's also, yeah, I hate to say it, but a way to even financially benefit off of that, um, willingness to be vocal i think you're gonna get a a, a wide um range of, of uh, thoughts and opinions because you know some of the folks now can do what a lot of these folks back then wanted mm-hmm. to do and then they can actually flip it and you know build an empire off of it so that's i think that's where i'm gonna go with it man. and we ain't shit either because we ain't pick one female amongst us oh <laughs> i got one. Oh, okay good okay, crush right. save the day bro yeah Give please but I'd have to go with Malcolm though first and then um Bob Marley, um Fela sure. Cudi, and uh, and uh, Nina Simone. Oh, oh that's a good one. getting high up in that Ooh. shit. Okay. Set the tone. Okay. <laughs> interesting, interesting with the Fela Cudi though. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I love Fela Cudi. I feel like him and Bob Marley are kind of like real similar. Yeah, I feel like they're real similar, but I, I, I fuck with it though. I fuck Damn, with it. Nina. Yeah. I love Nina too. Go ahead. Yeah, you guys got some. You guys got some good picks. Right, what's um, up? Yeah, I like it. Yo, 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 yo. I'm, I'm, oh. I'm starting to reconsider giving some of the good ones that you had though. Oh, like no bullshit. But now. <laughs> See, if you pick somebody white, you ain't coming back next week. I just told you, you ain't never coming back. Oh, let me leave it down. No, no, no. So, I've got Malcolm, I've got Martin, I've got Fred Hampton, and I've got Obama. And the reason why I've got all That's, all those words are that they're two ends of. We're not gonna this, count the we're not gonna count the half white though. We're not no, gonna we ain't gonna, we ain't gonna count the half white of Obama. We're not gonna do the half. <laughs> he had he, he got to slip the white people he in said, somehow, he, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Just that one white listener we got that sends a cash The same white listener that every week be sending us the emails about your OnlyFans page, bro. Okay, you keep responding. <laughs> but it's all good. I see you. I see you. Okay, so given all, given everything we've just discussed now, man, do you think that Regina can top what she's done so far? Oh hell this yeah! Is, oh, this hell is yeah. Oh, and I'm not saying that yeah. because uh, before before we start getting all the letters and the hate mail, I'm not saying because she's a woman or black woman or whatever oh, that no, is. No, no, I'm no. just saying sometimes what happens is that when you have such a strong coming out that it's hard to keep up afterwards. So that's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Oh, this is, this, oh, this okay. is really the beginning. I thought, I thought this was strong. I thought this was strong coming out. And if I, if I understand, this sounds like a, uh, yeah, like a concept film, like almost a almost an art film to a certain extent. Um, mm-hmm. So I so I I'm definitely looking forward to uh, catching it very soon, if not tonight. Uh, I'm do surprised I think you she didn't watch this already, man. Oh nah, man, we've been uh, you know she's been on Zoom calls like all day. I understand, my guy. I understand. I so think like she can top it because I don't think this was as 
superb as we want to make it. It wasn't a bad film. I'm not saying that. I think there was some not things that... I would have said it was trash if I thought it was trash, but it wasn't trash. I don't think it was as superb as a outstanding film. So I think there was things in the movie that she can build upon to become better. But I think that's with anybody in the industry who's trying to be greater. There's certain things they can do. So I'm looking forward to her next. I would love to see her do something that is not have the kind of historical crap. Because I thought it was a level of criticism that she faced from this particular movie because certain characters wasn't done right that I thought was borderline unfair. So I would like to see her step away and just do some other shit. Mm-hmm. I looked I looked at it I looked at it um kind of like uh Kendrick Lamar albums. Okay, so for the for the record, I I one thousand percent think that this is really just the start and she can level up, right? And if you kind of go back to you know a, like a good kid Mad City, kid, which Mad City. Yeah. phenomenal album, phenomenal album, but you don't got the the glitz and the glamour per se of you know what you would have you know had and to pimp a butterfly and then following up with damn right so you know you really get to strip away a lot of that extra stuff right you strip away a lot of that extra stuff you give us a solid product great dialogue Mm. like you like you even said before oh right like you don't got the big set pieces and all this Mm -hmm. other stuff you're really just focusing on telling a good story and once you get that down then you're just building on levels and levels of it, right? And so um, I, I think she's got a <laughs> real, uh, real promising future. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. No doubt, no doubt. All right. Uh, we're about to get into some touchy stuff. I know that Black people that are watching and listening to this are going to uh, get their butts on your back because we're about to talk about Black religion. But I'm going to let, uh, I'm gonna let the, uh, the light-skinned wonder go ahead and kick it off. Go ahead. Oh, man. A couple times on the show, man, I've talked about the the interesting battles that's taking place between white evangelicals and black Christians. Uh, things have been coming to a head here lately where it's really gotten kind of nasty. So I saw an article, man, on NBCPhiladelphia.com that I wanted to, to share real quick, man. Uh, the title of it is Some Black Southern Baptists Feel Shut Out by White Leaders. Uh, essentially what is taking place is there are black churches within the Southern Baptist Convention who are leaving the Southern Baptist Convention or feeling some type of way about the Southern Baptist Convention's handling of racial issues. Just a little backdrop on the Southern Baptist Convention because I think that's necessary. Mm -hmm. The Southern Baptist Convention is the world's largest Baptist denomination. Uh, It's the largest Protestant denomination and the second largest Christian denomination behind uh, Catholicism, Catholic Church. There's been a rocky road with the Southern Baptist Convention. See, when the Southern Baptist Convention started, it was predominantly white. Then Civil War popped off. Some black folks were able to get within the Southern Baptist Convention, but 
it wasn't even the Southern Baptist Convention at that time. It was just a full-out Baptist denomination. So that was built when, around what we got to make sure we specify. Built around those slaveholders that wanted to move from the Baptist Convention. Well, hold on, that's that's where the split takes place. The split between the Baptist denomination takes place over slavery, where the Northern Baptists wanted to take a stand. As much as you know, white people wanted to take a stand back then. They really wanted to take a fucking stand, but they was taking a stand. So. Northern people wanted to take a stand against racism and white supremacy and slavery, but the Southern Baptists, they did not. Why? Because most of their money was tied into what? Yeah, slavery. Us. So that's where the Baptist denomination actually split, and that's where the Southern Baptist Convention actually got its birth was through slavery and taking a stand being pro-slavery. Uh, but in 1995, the Southern Baptist Convention actually put out a resolution condemning the actions of their early forefathers in in a very American-like apology for <laughs> slavery, uh, essentially saying that, you know, they were wrong for not fighting, yada, yada, yada. So what happened in 1995 was Black churches at that point in time said, okay, now that you guys are apologizing for slavery, where is the financial recompense for which you guys are able to build the, all these institutions and all these churches? How come y'all ain't cut the check? Very much like black folks are doing now when America tries to apologize, we like, oh, where reparations at? So the leader, the president, and I'm going to be done at this point in time. I just want to give some backstory. The president of the Southern Baptist Convention is a gentleman by the name of Albert Moeller. Albert Moeller has been the president of the Southern Baptist Convention for some time. At when Donald Trump ran, Albert Moeller was one of his chief early Christian supporters. So when he supported Donald Trump, he kind of set the tone for other white evangelicals to follow suit, who were like, "Oh shit! If Albert Moeller is going to be, you know, what I mean, running with supporting dude who clearly had some bullshit with him." We might as well hop on the bandwagon too, which caused an immediate riff in the Southern Baptist Convention, but not much of a riff. Why? Because the racial dynamic of the Southern Baptist Convention is over 85% white, 6% black, and 3% Latino. So it's really not a motherfucker riff when you only 6%. You just, you just literally pissed off. So these folks who are in the Southern Baptist Convention now are angry because the Southern, the black folks are angry because the Southern Baptist Convention folks are taking a stand against black issues. So they're not willing to support and open up doors and be supportive in different types of things. When George Floyd got murdered, Black Lives Matter, Southern Baptist Convention came out against Black Lives Matter. So it's been this large riff against between races within the black and Southern Baptist Convention. But one key thing, one of the reasons why black churches are slow to leave the Southern Baptist Convention is because to get in the Southern Baptist Convention, Southern Baptist Convention give churches anywhere between $10,000 to $20,000 to get in. Literally, you get paid to get in, and then they give you anywhere from $1,500 to $2,500 a month to build your congregation up. 
Why? Because once you get your congregation to a certain level, where's that money that is coming in your congregation going to go? It's going to go back to the Southern Baptist Convention. So they're very in, in the midst of a pandemic. Churches are performing and doing their shit online. They're not getting them tithes and offerings. So folks are slow to leave where they're getting fed from. Mm. Who wants to jump in next? The people, oh. Uh, I have some, I have some thoughts. Um, so there's this medical association, right? It's called the AMA American medical association. And it was been around for like hundreds of years. And up until recently, as in like the last 50 or 60 years, they didn't allow black doctors into the association. So what black doctors did once we became educated and some black people became doctors, we created our own association, um, the National Medical Association. And then that organization, it's like its main purpose is, you know, it's all African-American doctors and physicians and their job is like kind of champion justice in medicine and kind of stamp out um, health disparities. I bring it up because this is, to me, this is very similar, um, very similar to uh, the, the Southern Baptist, right? Mm -hmm. So you have this organization that's mostly comprised of of white um, white churches, white white preachers, and I'm pretty sure that they didn't they didn't always allow you know black churches and black leaders mm -hmm. into their organization. So, in my opinion, I feel like you know, despite despite the money, they should all just pack mm -hmm. up, leave. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Join another organization, <laughs> and, and you know what? There, there's one already made. It's right there. It's the it sure it's, it's Southern Christian Leadership Conference, made famous by who? Martin Luther King. It, it's still around. Him, Fred Shuttlesworth, uh, mm -hmm. C.K. Steele. They 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 made this organization famous. You know, all, all these nonviolent protests that you know got us our civil rights. It was this organization. It was SCLC. It wasn't mm -hmm. these white people who allowed us to uh, help us get our freedom. It was them. So, if if these black leaders really want to help their congregation, leave. Um, I mean, that's my thoughts on it. You know, I'll try to like, it, in the interest of not offending anyone. You know, oh, I'll, fuck I'll, I'll keep. Fuck yeah. them. Okay. Okay. okay, I mean, I, I can go there about how we, we, we're gonna be back next week either way. So go ahead and see what you're gonna say. Yeah, I think you should get it off, Tunday. Yeah, get it off your chest. Off your chest, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just feel like black people have this relationship with 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 white oh, God, with, with white right. God. Right. And please and, say it. Yeah. And yes, they're yes, like you said, like they're getting money from from you know this organization, but it's not it's not like this they're giving the money out of the kindness of their own heart. It's like it's like an investment. They're investing in 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 you praying to a white god and saying, "Oh, Ooh. all my problems one day, all my Spicy. problems one day, you know, I'll 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 give you this money, and then in the afterlife, I get it back. I, I'll get it back. No, you're lying in the pockets of these preachers, mm -hmm. and I, I don't know. I feel like it's wrong that they're preying on on people's hope. So, I mean, if, if you're going to give money to uh, organization, organizational religion, do one that's 
give money to an organization that's actually doing work here on earth for you and your people. Dollar so, sign in the black PDCST. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you was not on top of shit, but you was perfectly on top of that motherfucker. <laughs> Go ahead, John. What do you think, man? Tune already laid it down. I know you spicier than that. Well, see, this is this is my thing, and and I think you guys had even started on this conversation in a, a previous episode, either last week or the week before. Yeah, last week we had already started it, touching on this shit. Yeah, y'all had already started touching on it, and. You know, I don't think there's anything really new I can add to this conversation. I mean, it it really is, you know, profiteering off of hope, right? Uh, you know, I I get incredibly frustrated about uh, articles and and stories like this because you know I do consider myself, you know, a Christian. Sure. Um, but I also think that my relationship with God is mine, and you know, I don't try to push it on anybody because at the end of the day, it, it, it's what you want to do, right? Uh, and when you start to look at these larger organizations, you know, they're really, I, I want to say manipulating the minds of large groups of people, um, in, in very hateful, hurtful, harmful ways. And I don't see, you know, and you, you know, I think Elgin, you started touching on it when you were given the, the backstory, right? Like them, you know, being so vocally aligned with Trump, uh, you know, during these election cycles, you know, and using Christianity as their vehicle to justify certain things is no different than any of the history of, history of this country where, where religion and, and everything was used to justify slavery, was used to justify, you know, uh, you know, keeping, you know, black and white people from being able to sit together at a lunch counter, right? Like, mm -hmm. and so I think it becomes increasingly hard to even openly consider yourself Christian or say that you believe in a higher power of any kind, because there's so many people that are so comfortable, you know, either profiteering off of it or using it, you know, to manipulate people to do harmful things with. Right. And so mm -hmm. black folks wanting to leave, it's like, well, wake the fuck up where you've been at. Uh, but you know, you, 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 you laid it out there, right. You know, you was lining my pockets and now, you know, Trying to get off the teat and you know stand on your own feet. I got bars today. Get off. Yeah, that was the second one, bro. You <laughs> yeah. down, bro. I got you. No, don't don't fluff this dude's head, man. He won't take it to another level. Crush, crush. What do you think, man? Um, you know, I mean, this conflict, uh, this uh, it sounds like it's something that's uh, finally uh, having a chance in a way to come to the surface. And it seems indicative of a lot of the changes and growth spurts that uh, society seems to be enduring right now. Um, you know, I uh, I find you know I, I find it interesting that you know that you know an in, in, in institution that tries to base itself in certain you know positive principles would uh, would uh, align itself you know politically with uh, well then entities, but nevertheless, that's the reality that you know that's that's there. And you know, I, I would I would just like to see. I, I'm, I'm interested in seeing what. Um, uh, what's produced from this, you know, what, you know, that I think there's, I think something ultimately good will come from this, um, you know, a change that's been needed um, in this part of society, in my opinion, for quite some time. For sure. This shit bugs the fuck out of me. Like to know, no like to no end. We've already had this conversation on multiple cases where 
you have the debate on whether or not as someone that believes in Christ or believes in a higher power, whether you believe that it, it is your works that cause you to be who you are, or is it the book and you believing that the book is the inerrant word of God that makes you a Christian or who you are. And here is a group that knows the history of the origins of the Southern Baptist Convention, has apologized for their place in history and how they've treated black people, and then have the audacity to tell black people that critical race theory has nothing to do with us because it doesn't have its place in the Bible. It doesn't have its place in our doctrine or in the word. Mm-hmm. That you being Christ-like and re- repenting, understanding that you were wrong and fixing that, amending your relationship, not just with your congregation, not just with people that pray with you, not just with people that call themselves Christians like yourself, but to say that it has no no place because it is it doesn't align with the Bible. What Bible do you know that doesn't tell you to be Christ-like? You show me that Bible. Do, 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 do. Well, you know, in a Bible, I, 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 <laughs> my my guy, like I'm, I'm trying not to seem like I'm really on the edge. To be very honest with you, especially Why? because it, I'm on the edge because it makes me feel like black people as as a these specific, these specific black people, they're they're stupid you are you said 3.5 you are not you are barely 3 3% of the population of a group that has historically already told you that they are racially at the very best racially indifferent to you and you're 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 bouncing back and forth about whether or not you should stay or you should leave one of the guys in the article said it feels like a divorce. You know what? Sometimes the sometimes sometimes Bro, the divorce is so hard. Sometimes the divorce is necessary, my guy. I know that nobody wants to go through it, but at the end of the day, sometimes it's for the benefit of both parties. That was such a trash analogy. To it was you. such a trash was analogy, like, man. That means there was love at one point um, in time from both sides. What? Somebody caught and there feelings. Was never, and there was never love at all. And no. we know this. I mean, on one side, it was. It was one side. Yeah, one side. Yeah. Sure. It was it love. Was because I can, yeah, I no, can. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if it was even love on one side. I think it was, a, to, in my personal opinion, I think it was a circumstance of opportunity. That they brought you in as Christians and gave, like you said, you started laying the groundwork and the, 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 the foundation for building a, a group of people that are going to pay you interest to be part of your 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 organization. That's what it boils down to. Sure, fellas, fellas, real quick question, right? Because I'm wondering, I'm wondering if there's a parallel between like what we're looking at right now and even some of the stuff that was discussed uh, in in in, on, in the movie, right? Because it really sounds to me like we are all real Malcolm as hell right now. And, you know, Sam Cooke was in here like, man, I'm just trying to milk these white folks for whatever they got for me uh, and then kind of run with it, you know, and, and you're, you're appeasing or assimilating or, you know, navigating this environment in some way. Mm. I think there is some parallel there. I, agree. I, I think that it's not that simple, but I just wanted to kind of lob that up there and see what y'all do with it, man. Like, I think there is a parallel there, too. And, and the parallel 
would be for Sam Cooke, it was all about, you know, group economics, black empowerment for black Christians who remain in SBC. It's all about the gospel and getting the gospel out to as many people as possible. Most black churches worth in the SBC are some of your larger denomination and larger churches. Mm -hmm. So they feel if they stay in the SBC, they have a larger reach sure. to help their people. So mm -hmm. I see the, 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 the the, the parallel there, mm -hmm. but the, the, the difference, or not even the difference, the problem that I have with is, and we can use a boxing analogy. If sure. I'm getting punched in the mouth repeatedly, at some point in time, I'm going to do one or two things. I'm either going to punch back or get the fuck out the ring. Mm -hmm. So these people, they keep getting punched in the mouth. You've been getting and punched in the mouth. Since 1895, you've been getting punched Listen, in the my mouth. Guy, you, you gave it a boxing analogy. It's not even a boxing analogy. It's like someone, uh, like a person in an abusive relationship that refuses to leave. Mm. Like, let's keep it all the way funky. And I, and I, I know that it's easier said than done, but even if we're going to use the catalyst that JB already put down, right? Sure. Even And Sam Cook recognizes, like, yo, I got to do something different. Changes I got to do something different because the response the responsibility is my, the responsibility ultimately becomes mine right, to be right. changed, to be different. And right, you right. can't keep doing the same crazy shit and expecting something else to happen. Like you fighting with these dudes and every council meeting, they come into you and they're telling you, nah, now nah, we nah, good. Bro. Stay in your place. We good. Oh, you want to yeah. talk, about, on, you wanna talk about Mike Brown? Nah, we good, bro. Y'all want to talk about legislation for black people? Nah, nah, we good. We not only are we good, we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna tie our uh, tie our hitch to uh and I don't have a whole lot of sympathy for them, man. I, on, I don't God. because again, it's like you are remaining in a position where so in, in keeping in a Christian context, where's your faith? Where's your, where's your faith at? How does your faith play in this? Why haven't you stepped out in faith and moved yourself from out of a position where you're being oppressed and mistreated and trust God to give you greater? I just think it's really a small sign or small example of what is taking place all across the country because there's a number of yeah. black people who are in the exact same fucking position that these black churches are yeah, you right. work at a job with white folks who treat you like shit but you can't afford to leave because these motherfuckers are giving you a check to pay your bills mm. it, it's it's very very sad but at the same time i'm like oh man get the fuck up out of there you got a church of nine members get the you fuck gotta move around there. man move around g yeah. Sell some bean pies. Get the fuck yeah. out of there. <laughs> I better pull, the, pull, pull them stimulus checks, man. Let's get it. Yeah. Let's invest in GameStop. Let's stop playing. Isn't it a numbers game at one point with, with the congregations and everything? It's always a numbers game. Because you got numbers. Why be afraid of these? Right, right. You can already move to you can move to another organization. I mean, like yeah. well, as already right. been said, as yeah, already something. been said in, in the comment in the comment section, it, it, it's easier said than done. But still, man, I know that there are other groups that are probably 
welcome you with open arms and probably benefit you in the same way, if not more, man. That's, yeah, that's just my about opinion. Us, man, change people's, we want to change white people's minds somehow, some way. We want to get white people to wake up. We want to make them do differently. What white people understand, they understand money. Like, you take you take each church, like you said, like I say each of these black churches have on average like 5,000 members. Man. Take all those people and you leave, and they don't have that income and revenue stream. They understand that, and then yeah, exactly. they they won't uh, elect whoever that that dude they're trying to elect for president. Right. So I mean, and like you said, uh, I mean I'm not a Bible dumper, but somewhere in the Bible it talks about uh, uh, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, they need to step the fuck out. I think that's the exact scripture, actually. I think that's, exactly that's, that's like verbatim what he was saying. To not that's be a Bible number, that was an exact quote. That was not all. I read that one. No doubt, no doubt. Okay, so we're going to close it out tonight with Tunde and John talking about the Biden administration fast tracking putting uh, Harriet Tubman on the $20 bill. This is a process that had already been started under the Obama administration, got shelved when Trump got into office. Mnuchin said, nah, there's no real need for it. But now Biden's like, yeah, we we here now, we about to do it. So you guys go ahead and take it over, man. All right. Go ahead, go ahead. You, got it. you got it, dog. All right, so the reason I kind of wanted to talk about this is because there's been a lot of debate, like, like, like I said, like, it's being fast-tracked and there are a lot of people now claiming, black people, mind you, claiming that they don't want it now because it just seems like it's empty symbolism. Like you, you put this, you put this black woman on a $20 bill and what else are you going to give us? Um, and personally, like I'm not, the, I, I expect a lot from Biden. I mean, I voted for him in the, in the um, general election. I didn't vote for him in the primaries. But since he was the person on the ticket for, you know, versus Trump, I vote for him. Um, he's been in office for what now? Uh, nine eight days, days, eight, eight days. days, nine days. Yeah. Uh, I don't expect the world to change in eight days, but I do expect and going to hold his feet to the fire. He did do, you know, some things on day one through executive action, and I've been having debates about what he's done like what can he do for black people in general the people who got him into office um and besides put harry tubman on a 20 dollars bill because <laughs> that's not enough so um yeah no yes I, so really quickly some of the things that he did was um he he made all federal employees sign um an ethics pledge to like basically a renewed ethics pledge to like, I guess, go through discrimination training against for racial discrimination, for uh, sexual orientation discrimination, for um, gender bias. So, I mean, that's one thing. Um, he, what else did he do? Oh, he, he, he got the federal government out of privatized prisons. And we know yeah. our privatized prisons affect, um, disproportionately affect black people. 
So that's <laughs> don't, don't 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 get Elgin started. You see, he creeping in the background. about to launch into it. So that's two things that he's done. But I, I mean, I want more. I don't know exactly what he can do. Like John and I have had this discussion before. Yep. I don't know outside of reparations. I don't know exactly what the government can do to only help black people. Like all these other things, they help black people by proxy because mm. they help everyone. But to help mm. black people only, I don't know. Outside of reparations, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I know. I'll say that when I first saw this, you know, it was it was the performative nature for me, right? Mm. Like it's, you know, let, let's throw this nice little headline out there. Like we bringing the black woman back to the twenty, baby. Like like y'all carry cash still? Like no, we don't, bro. No like, debit card, bro. Get the fuck out of here. You Tumming on my Chase Freedom card. That's yeah, that's some shit. That. That's some shit. You feel me? Uh, you talking then, about that? What about student loan debt? Shit. I mean, <laughs> oh no, but but I mean, but that's and so that's really the bigger conversation, right? Where right, you, you know, you I think where we live so much in this like headline-driven world, where to say that you're doing good, it needs to have a, a sexy tagline um, on it, right? And so I think throwing Harriet Tubman on a twenty, you get that headline where people are gonna be like. See, I knew we did the right thing, baby. Like, I knew we did it. I knew it. But, but the real issues are exactly the some of the ones like you like you alluded to, right? Student loan debt, right? I do think some of the executive actions are, you know, more positive than not. But I mean, they were easy. Okay, so you stop building the border wall. You remove the Muslim ban, right? You allowed you know trans people to be in the military. Like, those are softballs, baby. You know, like. That should have never been a thing anyway. Um, so this first hundred days, you know, it, it's a it's an uphill battle. This next four years is clearly an uphill battle, right? Every day, you know, we're still seeing these reports um, from you know different government agencies that, you know, I think that it's domestic terrorism is a real threat from you know the different grievances um, that people have, right? Some of these evangelicals we were just talking about, <coughs> excuse me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I mean, but you know, actually, it's good. It's, so it's going to be interesting to see. So, like, that's kind of where I landed on it, man. Because John is uh, going to provide his email and his social media, so you can hey, all that hate shit to him. Hey, hey, listen, at me, G. I'm, I'm here for it. All the <laughs> at me, no doubt, no doubt, crush, man. Um, at this point, you know, much like uh, you know, certain films, I'm getting a little tired of the symbolism and the. You know the uh, these, these these are hollow gestures to me. You know at this point, um, putting Tubman on the twenty dollar bill doesn't really. Uh, you know, is it, it reminds me of the day Obama uh, broke news that he was gonna that he was gonna run. That, well, the news broke that they became president. I'll never forget my uh, my supervisor, my whole division was in the elevator and we were leaving work that day, and she actually said out of her mouth that oh. Now we can, you know, we can, our country can look less racist. <laughs> less racist? <laughs> not be, not be, not racist. That's just look like, yeah. She like, said this out of mouth, like right behind me. And I'm like, and I'm, I'm just like, I, I have to get back up and go to work the next day with this person. Um, and this is what this—that's what this feels like. It feels like you know, I'm gonna, I just, I just, I just see the smirks on these white white people's faces when they look at this bill, like, yeah. Okay, we'll give them this. Whatever, what? That's what that, that. Whatever. That's going to be the general ad. Like whatever. Yeah. It's 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 the same meaningless 
made up piece of paper that they made up 200 years ago. That you know, with, um, you know I mean, I, I'm 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 done with the symbols and the hollow gestures. I'm done with the black movies. I'm done with all that shit. It's time for the next level. It, it's funny. It's funny you say that, right? Because like for little things like putting Harriet Tubman on the twenty or these like very symbolic things, you're like ah, like whatever. But you know, we keep making this joke about like GameStop, uh, GameShop, Game GameStop stock, okay, and all that other stuff. And when it comes to like the paper yeah, that really damn, matters, right? Podcast to rent stuff. This mother, <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm talking like your camera feed, uh, but it's like. <laughs> <laughs> the- John, when I see you in these streets, <laughs> I'm a quarantine baby. I'm a quarantine baby. <laughs> oh shoot, no, but you know when you see when you see it coming to like real paper or real things that they do care about, right? That's those are the things that we really need, like Joe mm-hmm. Biden and everybody for, right? Those are the those are the walls and the barriers that we got to break through. You know, you're stopping regular people from being able to achieve wealth or, you know, gain money and stuff like that. Like that's when that's when it's going to really show if these next four years are going to be worth it. Because like you said, man, some of these this this is easy stuff for them. Right. Like, you know, they they, they throw that as a smoke screen to to block the real changes that we need to be made. Part of the dilemma for me, man, becomes just having this conversation, to be very honest with you, man. Sometimes it turns into this big thing just to critique folks that we put in office and to expect something more from the folks that we put in office or to expect that we have these folks do exactly what they told us they were going to do. So when you start criticizing the fact that, hey, instead of fighting for reparations or fighting for uh, ending bail bonds, uh, uh, indentured servitude, for for lack of a better description, or ending... um, uh, student tuition debt or whatever the case is and you get Harriet Tubman on a 20 and you criticize that, it then becomes oh, you Negroes ain't never satisfied with nothing. The dude just got here, blah, 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 blah. I can't, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I had a conversation, uh, a, a good conversation, but a heated conversation with a homie of mine the other day about the new stimulus check coming through. They said, all right, we're about to give you guys $1,400. Mind you, through the campaign, through the election, they say we're going to give you two thousand dollars. Yeah, Warnock ran on two thousand dollars. Ossoff ran on two thousand dollars. That's mm-hmm. what got people out to the damn polls to get them to be voted for. Because like they essentially put it in their ads. Yeah. yeah. Hey, you, you come out, you come out for your boys. You getting that two thousand dollars stimulus check that the Republicans don't want you to have. Biden gets in the office not even two days and it's like, nah, we we working on fourteen thousand. This is gonna be fourteen plus the six that you already got. Facts, facts. And I'm like, my God, we just went through four years of people telling us that words matter, integrity matters, all mm-hmm. these things matter, and you haven't even been in three days, and you talk about always just you playing with words now. Well, hold on, man. What's y'all gotta be able to, y'all gotta be able to hold these cats accountable, though, right? This is how, because we have this debate all the time. This is how you hold these cats accountable. The reason why they chase black people down all the time, because they chase us down for these, for these numbers and for these names, for these, these voting lists, for these, these books, right? So you know who to reach out to to get the donation. You have organizations all across the country, like uh, Stacey Abrams' organization. 
It's like, well, you know what? I've got 20,000 names in my pooling list. You guys aren't going to sniff that shit unless you do X, Y, and Z. They know that that's where the money's coming from. How do you fund campaigns with the money? Stop it's it. the money. That's how you can. That's how you campaign. It's all based on money and numbers. All ultimately, the ball boils down on numbers. If you ever think that Stacey Abrams or not even let's not use Stacey, any big organization is ever going to do such a thing like that to get black issues pushed forward, we must be smoking. That's insane. Ain't nobody doing that shit for us. They're not going to do it. The 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 twenty dollar thing. Is, I don't give a fuck. I use a debit card. I use cash app. I don't use cash. I don't pay attention who the fuck's on the money. That's not going to do anything for me or my kids. It, it means nothing to me. It's symbolism. But to another segment of the population, older civil rights generation people, that's a significant step. That to For them to see Harriet Tubman on the twenty. It's huge for them. So I understand why they would be so excited about it. But for me, I see it as symbolism. I don't have any expectation that Biden is going to do things specifically and exclusively to change this current state of predominantly black cities, families, and schools. I don't think that's within the structure of the current system that we have. It's not how the system to- works do things like that. And then when we see I, I, the, the private prison thing. Mm-hmm. Man. You know how many, there's literally 9% of all prison are literally private prisons, private prisons. Less than 10,000 people are within private prisons. It's, it's not even a significant move to make that really impacts us. Now, if he were to let people out of those private prisons for nonviolent drug offenses, that'd be a totally different thing. You're right. Huge. And again, I, I try not, I don't want to always come across as that guy, like he ain't doing shit, but I'm trying to say these, we have such a dire need and large <laughs> needs that we can't get so excited and jovial over shit that really doesn't change our current state, man. It's I think, I think Bombshell said it in the, in the chat, like, like I also said at the beginning of this segment, like, get to give it time like it's he's been in office for eight days right like who, who's to say that he doesn't he won't like release non-violent offenders i'm giving 10 months so you're getting what 10, 10 months? months yeah 10 months no no and that's that's starts start no, that's that's 100 that's 100 yeah, and i i get it but once again i i have to say that it, for me it boils back to us even being able to have these conversations because yeah. once you start talking about it, once you start going against the grain, people are people are still in a sense of uh, catharticism, like like letting this burden off their shoulders now that Trump is out of office. And I I, I dig it. I get it. I understand. Yeah. I've lived the past four years that you lived the past four years doing this dude with, right? But now somebody's in office that we expect to do the things that we've told them we want to have done. We know, if you want to think about it, that he only really has, now that he has control of the Senate and the mm. House, barely two years to yeah. get these things done. I'm not here for the excuses this time around. 
because the excuses what we heard before Trump got in office and we saw what happened afterwards. They used those same excuses to get Obama. Well, so I just I just had this thought, right? I just had this thought, which really brings up like a, a big with all my heart. I hope you know that, man. <laughs> not not you, JB. Even though I don't like yeah, no, you. No, 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 so, I, yeah, I, I knew who that was directed to that time. I, mine is coming later, I'm sure. But uh yeah, I, I was I would say that I think it brings up this like this interesting idea of like what if Joe was like he was signing that paper, like, oh, I'm about to fuck him up with this one, like they're gonna love this. Right. Because it is like a generational thing. Right. Like, you know, I think it would mean a lot for my grandma to slip me a 20, you know, during the holidays with Harriet Tubman face on it. Like, I want her face. You know, so yeah. she would just be like, it would be the like mm-hmm. one tear, that one tear right there. That's like a beautiful thing. Right. But I can say easily for our generation, you know, we got a whole different, you know, criteria for success of what this should look like. Right. We're moving in a completely different direction. So. You know, I think the issue that it really brings up is we really should stop, you know, electing eighty-year-old motherfuckers to be president. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for coming out to end the black podcast. <laughs> 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 going to be quiet. I'm good. Thank you, John. <laughs> <laughs> Is that bad? I mean, great and to the point. I loved it. I'm love when somebody else comes and says the things that I normally would say, so they get the heat that I normally. Would was, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, am I going to get the smoke? Okay. Well, if I, if they want to give me the smoke, I'm here for it. But can you just do uh, summer sixteen podcast at gmail.com? That's summer. <laughs> I would rather I would rather y'all not blow up my DMs. But uh, you know well, what? I'm sorry. Don't worry about it. It's coming. It's too, it's too late. It's too late. Here we go. Okay. okay. I would say I All do right. agree with John though on that. Like. Thank you, dude. Oh, my fucking God. Put it, 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 put now we're really going to get the fucking hate mail. Get out of here, man. God. Why are you going to get a call from the FBI? Oh, wait. Let's not talk about the ass of no list. I'm just saying. Mario, the list. Say they know me. Come to me. Put his ass on the no fly list. Let's not run my rap sheet, Tunde. Let's not. All right. We're going to do a quick round table. What do you guys want him to do? Not what do you expect him to do? What do you want? Like the biggest thing on your to-do list. What do you want him to do? I'll go first. I want Medicare for all. That's number one on my list right there. That's That right there would be revolutionary for a lot of people currently due to the pandemic. Medicare for all would be the shit. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say uh, run them run them student loans, man. Let's get up off them student loans, G. Or at least yeah, rework, no at least at least rework it so it's not a crippling death sentence for for young. Yeah, people. no bullshit. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I agree with John again. Um, cancel, cancel. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, Tunde. I'm not liking this shit because you don't agree with this nigga doing your damn podcast. I'm about to. I'm over here like we get. I'm over here in the twilight zone like oh. So I'm an educator. I want to see at least federal student loan debt canceled. And then on top of that, subsidize 
uh, two-year state colleges. Are motherfuckers paying their student loans? You say what? Are people yeah. paying? my girlfriend my girlfriend like, yeah. yeah she she has because she has like undergrad and medical school student oh, she's, yeah. she's in it i damn yeah, i damn every throwing a stack a month bro yeah no bullshit no bullshit Crush, what do you want to see him do um you know take a take marijuana off of schedule one okay well, I, I mean, I live in Washington, so it's, right. it's, it's, definitely, it's definitely legal here. I'm in California, shoot. I, you know, yeah, even when it wasn't legal, y'all still puffing it out in the street and shit. Didn't Dave Chappelle say y'all motherfuckers smoke crack on the street like in the open by the cops and shit? <laughs> Wait, in Washington? In nah, you know, I'm in California. Uh, oh. I don't do that. I mean, in Portland, uh, they decriminalized uh, heroin and PCP. Because yeah, that's because you guys have like actual injection centers. Yeah, well, I mean, that's because they also white people drugs too. So yeah, white people yeah. drugs. You know, that's, yeah. that's true. That's true. That's true. Um, I think student loan that's the biggest joint on my on my deck, and I'm not talking about what they're proposing right now, which is ten thousand dollars. I'm want I want like something substantial because most of us. Most people carrying student loan debt is far exceeding ten thousand. So yeah. something oh, yeah. that can help folks be able to not have to suffer through these these monthly payments. To be yeah, to be as realistic as possible too, because I can actually see nah, right. for all. But I really want reparations, but I don't think that should ever fucking and happen. That's never gonna happen. Nah, never. But I, I will say, I will say for anybody that do got student loans, man, like throw a little bit of that money and inve uh, invest in Sally Mae stock because that they pay dividends. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and say that because I threw some money in there and it made a little change. So I'm like, yeah. I want some of that money back, Sally. Listen, if you if they say that the numbers show that you if you invest in an ETF that gives you about four point something percent back in terms of return, if you invest about seventy k back, you're gonna get in the realm of close to $1,000 per month, if that's what they're paying out. So $1,000 per month coming back to you to pay off your student loan, I think that that's a powerful move, but not all of us have the opportunity to invest the way we want to invest. Look at what they did with Robinhood. Little people started investing and they tried to shut that bitch down. So mm -hmm. anyway, all right, right about now is the time when we'd like to give you little tidbits of news or words of wisdom that you can take with yourself into the week. So we're going to let our guests go first. John, uh, Tunde, what's up? John, you want to go first? Uh, yeah, I, I guess I'll go first. So actually, right before we uh, got on the line, uh, I, I saw this news just you know, come across social media. And so we, you know, we, we lost Cicely Tyson today, man, at 96 years old. Um, you know, just put that out there, you know, a, a pioneer, you know, incredible, you know, African-American actress. Um, I, she had a she had one quote that I, I really kind of appreciated. Um, she said, all I have to do is find someone who has something to say that'll enrich my life and they can't get rid of me. So, you know, I felt like that was fitting um, in the context of, you know, just being on this podcast with you guys. You know, I know you guys have had Tunde on here before and I got the honor of kind of hopping on here and and uh, talking sure. with y'all, man. So and I'm I'm honored to be in y'all presence, man. And, you know, I just wanted to kind of put that out there. So that, that's, that's my so appreciate it, man. We appreciate you for coming through, man. Tunde, what's up? Um, so mine is kind of like two parts in one kind of related. So the first is 
speaking of passing, there was an NBA analyst, NBA reporter, um, Seku Smith. He's also Bad Brothers with John and I. Yeah. Um, he passed this past week. Um, COVID-19. Yeah, he's 48. And yeah. his close home, like, I'm not, I'm not as old as him, but I turned 40 this year. So, like, we're in the same, you know, age bracket. So it's not just, you know, really old people who are dying from this. And um, I want to put that out there. He's a black man. And I understand that within our community, we don't trust vaccines. Oh, um, man, please. Don't here, on, but um, for, as far as the research that I've done, um, we talked on the show about this before, but like yeah. I, I got, I do or did biomedical research. So like I've, I was able to like, you know, read the, at least the, at least, at least the uh, Moderna vaccine and, and the Pfizer, both were are really good vaccines in my opinion, from what I've read. So what I've, you know, I've talked with doctor friends of, of mine as well. White people are getting vaccined or vaccinated at a, way higher proportion than black people and because we are dying at a higher proportion so if you are able to in your state please please get the vaccine i'm not able to yet but the first chance i get i'm on it yeah crush what's up man i just want to send a shout out to all of the uh the awesome uh black scientists and doctors i've been seeing all over social media who've been taking it upon themselves to educate our people on the uh on on the history of uh of, of black people in science and their own credentials and the history of vaccines period and um it's been a wonderful beautiful thing to see um especially for my little niece who uh needs to start reading more um so it's been an, it's been an awesome time oh well, man staying on the same vein man uh Hold up, hold up. I didn't tell you. I didn't say what's up. Uh, I'm going anyway. I'm going to stay on the stage. I don't need to fight. <laughs> COVID-19 is still out in these streets, man. It is still getting people sick. People are still dying from it. Black folks are still dying at a, an incredibly disproportionate rate. I need us to do better, be better. And like my man said, if you have the opportunity to get the vaccine, I, as someone who got the first one already, uh, the first dose already, encourage you to go and get that vaccination. And let me be honest, when I went, it was overwhelming. It was probably 85% white folks up in that joint. It was probably, (laughs) it wasn't a whole lot of black folk up in there, man. Uh, but I, I and I walked in there and saw white folks. I'm like, oh, I'm cool. Give me shit to give them. This was a yeah. 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 may have been from like two states over. But Tom yeah. and Sarah got. I need that. Facts. Yeah. So be healthy, uh, man. Be- yeah. What's it for me this week, man? It's really about mental health and mental awareness, man. I've had friends of mine that have. It seems like. 2020 in some aspects of our lives, especially as this pandemic continues to be an issue for many of us that we're dealing with the anxiety of being locked in the house or just a multitude of different things that we're all dealing with in this, during this period. Um, Take care of yourselves, man. I mean, you, you know, they say when you're on a plane, you got to put on your own mask before you help somebody else put on their mask. You got to get yourself mentally right, physically right before you're able to help anyone else, you gotta take care of yourself. So I had a friend of mine that literally at work, 
a couple of weeks ago had an emotional breakdown. And we already knew as a crew that he had been going through some, some things in his life, like people passing away and all sorts of things that were just happening to him. And he just had a panic attack and just broke down at work. And it was the most unraveling thing that I could see because this is somebody we've never, he's very stoic, very quiet, very private, very to himself. And to see him fall apart in the midst of such a public sphere was very jarring to all of us, man. So if you know somebody that needs some help, reach out to your folks, man. Reach out to your people that you haven't spoke out to, uh, spoken to in a while. Check on your people, man. Make sure everybody's all right because we got to take care of one another. That's, I think that's the bottom line. Yeah, go see a fucking therapist, man. Yeah. Thanks. Go see nice. a therapist, man. You can't be afraid. That, you can't be yeah. afraid. I tell motherfuckers all the time. Shit. <laughs> uh, all right. Before we head out, man, thank you. I want to give a shout out to yeah. Tunde and to John, man, for coming on the show. We appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. We really appreciate it. Please tell these good folks where they can find you, if they'd like to find you, what projects and whatever you've got going on, man. Go ahead. Yeah, for sure. So uh, as you alluded to, man, Tunde and I, we have our own little podcast, Summer 16 Podcast, everywhere podcasts available, man. Our our socials are Summer 16 Pod, that's Summer 16 Pod, the email, Summer 16 Podcast, that's still Summer 16 Podcast at gmail.com. And the cash app, the only one that really matters. <laughs> Dollar sign. Give them your personal email so that they can give you all the all the smoke that you've been creating this season. Okay, I got you. I got you. But I got to get this off. I go say dollar sign, summer sixteen pod, one six. The numbers one six. For any smoke you might have, you can direct that to. Uh, at T A U T underscore. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm sorry. What was it? I'm sorry. No, it's summer16podcast at gmail.com, man. Thank you guys so much for having us, man. We had a It's my first time. I enjoy y'all's show, man. You know, it's an honor to be on here with y'all, man. Anytime. I love it. It was No doubt. No doubt. Crush, where can the good people find you if they'd like to find you, man? As usual, on Instagram at the Orange Cross with a K or SP Methods, aka Bridge. No doubt. L, where can people find you, man? Dollar sign LJ Bailey. You know what it is. God damn, turn into an infomercial on this bitch. All right, I see you. Dollar sign LJ Bailey, come through. Throw your Harriet this way. And I am Big O, Mr. In the Black himself. You can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at MR underscore in the black. And I want to thank you guys once again for joining us on another incredible episode of the In the Black podcast. You could have been anywhere else in the world, but you chose to kick with us and we appreciate it. Help support black media. Make sure you check us out across all social media at In the Black PDCST and at our website, www.intheblackpodcast.com. And until next time, informed intelligent in, in the, the bar. Cheers. Peace. Cheers. What up, Peace. sir? This is, this is the In the Black Podcast. In the Black, bro. 